month we've been in the uh, series Next Steps. It's all about the importance of growing in our relationship with God, maturing in our spiritual lives. First off, I told you that uh, that God wants you to grow, right? That it's it's not just uh, something that we make up or that the church is kind of pushing, but, but God wants us to grow. Kind of like any parent, really. Uh, when you have a baby, you ooh and ah over how cute and cuddly they are, uh, but they don't stay that way, do they? And we don't want them to stay that way. Uh, we want them to, uh, to to grow up, to mature, to move out of your basement. You want these things to happen, right? Uh, you want them to, to grow up. Growth and maturity is part of the plan. Uh, not just with our kids, but in our spiritual lives. And so God wants us to always be growing, to be maturing. Uh, I've also told you that, that this takes effort, that it's not just about trying, but it's about training ourselves. We could uh, we could all go out from here and uh, try to run a marathon, uh, but uh, I don't think most of us would make it very far. I tried to run uh, about a fourth of that yesterday, and I'm sore today. In fact, I might sit down after a while. I'm just kidding. Uh, if But if we took the next few months and we trained ourselves and built our stamina, I, I think uh, several of us, a lot of us, would probably be able to, uh, to do quite well at that. But just trying something uh, doesn't work out near as well as training ourselves. Uh, the same is true when it comes to spiritual maturity. Spiritual disciplines, and that's what we're talking about. Uh, these, these habits or these practices, uh, spiritual disciplines are the tools that help us to grow spiritually. Definition I gave you last week uh, was simply a spiritual discipline is any practice done in a consistent, intentional way in order to mature spiritually. So there are a whole lot of these practices, and we we've uh, we looked at a, a list or two last week. Uh, there there are a lot of these things described in Scripture. Other folks, much smarter than I, have come up with uh, with with lists of these things, these tools, these practices that we can put in place that can help us grow in our relationship with God. But last week I emphasized uh, kind of the top two, uh, the the two that we should be, that all of us should be practicing daily, uh, praying and studying God's Word, the Bible. Uh, prayer is the primary way that we talk to God, and the Bible. Bible is God's primary way that he talks to us, and so I hope that you took the challenge uh, that we laid out last week to, uh, to, to take the rest of this month at least to set aside time every day to spend uh, in prayer and in, uh, in God's word, to spend quality time with God. Now, I'm assuming that if you, if you did that, and if you took that challenge and uh, you started that this past week, I- I'm assuming that if I asked you how it went and we went around from person to person, don't worry, I'm not going to do that. But I, I, if if I did do that, uh, some of you would talk about wonderful times that you had with God this week and you, uh, you, you dug deep and it was deeply uh, spiritually meaningful. Others, maybe not so much. Uh, I don't know, it seems in my life, whenever I try to take steps toward God, te- steps toward developing habits that will help me to grow closer to God, the devil usually throws some obstacles in my way, and, uh, and I get, it's, it's, it's tough, and I get, I get kind of tripped up uh, at times. And so probably, I'm just guessing here, but probably some of you had real good intentions, but things didn't quite fire on all cylinders last week. That's okay. I, I don't want you to, to, to just uh, throw in the towel and, and give up and give in. Uh, continue to, uh, to press on. Don't get discouraged. Continue to take up that challenge. I think one thing that, that, that wars against us uh, developing these kinds of things in our lives is that we're busy. 
we just we just are. We we wear busy as a badge of honor most of the time, right? How are you doing? Well, I'm, oh well, I'm busy, and we kind of uh, and 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 then everybody. Oh, they must be important. They're busy, right? And and that, at least that's how we think it comes off. Uh, there 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 aren't. Uh, it, it, Enough hours in the day, days in the week, our schedules seem to be just busting at the seams a lot of the times. I mean, we, we, we purchase products many times, uh, in order to save time because we're busy doing other things. In my shower, there is a bottle of two-in-one shampoo because I don't have the extra time to rinse twice. And so we've got a, uh, shampoo and condition all at the same time because I've got to save time because I'm Busy. Uh, we go to we go to McDonald's uh, not because uh, because uh, it's good food or even that it's cheap food, but that it's fast food, right? And uh, we don't really even have the time to park and go in and order. Uh, we just want to drive by, and they're just going to throw it in our window as we drive by, right? Because we're busy, and we've got to get on down the road and get to doing what we need to do. We are incredibly. Busy, uh, and probably busy with with many good things. I, I mean, work uh, keeps many of us busy. Of course, our families uh, keep us hopping. I remember uh, thinking uh, uh, a few years ago that I was just going to paint my van yellow and black and just put taxi on the side because that felt like that's all I was doing with the thing is driving these kids. And we only have two. Uh, those of you that have, uh, you know, more than that, um, you're you're already. Not man to man, you're in zone already, and then uh, and then you're trying to get them everywhere and do it. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. You got sporting events and concerts and and uh, and and school activities, and then there's family activities and and church activities. I mean, it's just a lot of stuff. But what if I told you today that there's a chance that being busy could actually be an enemy of your soul? Now, at this point, you might say, okay, preacher, I, I know I'm busy, and I'm probably too busy, and, and you're going to make me feel guilty about being busy, and, and I might even, at the end of this whole thing, pray a little prayer and say, God, help me to not be busy and to make time for you, and that'll totally work until tomorrow when I get up and life happens again, and, uh, and, and it's just not going to happen. Pastor, you don't know all the stuff that I have going on. I just can't stop being busy, and I have some good news for you if that's if something like that went across your mind. Uh, I, I'm not going to uh, uh, give you a lecture today about uh, how busy we are and the fact that we need to be less busy. In fact, what we're going to do today may be a little bit different than than, than usual, but I'm going to we're going to I'm going to tell you basically that we need to be like Jesus. And if you look in the Bible, one thing that we see about Jesus' life wasn't that he was a slacker and kicking back on the couch. He was incredibly busy. So this isn't a sermon against being busy. Today we're actually going to take a 24-hour segment of Jesus' life and, uh, and, and kind of walk through it and see all the things that Jesus was up to. And I think we're going to get some, some insight into how we can be busy and still honor the Lord in our lives. Uh, I think, uh, you know, as we look at Jesus' life, we're going to see that, uh, that, that maybe he's even at times busier than uh, than it was busier than than we were. I mean, he, he over the course of three years, he started a a, a movement that has lasted almost two thousand years. Uh, it's grown to over two billion people, and in the middle of all doing all that, he paid for the sins of humanity. He was, he was kind of busy. He accomplished a lot. He did did a lot. And yet, I don't see him as I read scripture and read the story of Jesus. I don't see him hurrying much. 
uh, uh, doesn't seem to be. Busy doesn't, doesn't have to be hurried or hectic. So today I, I want to walk through this day in Jesus' life, and, and I think we might learn a little bit about how to be busy in this crazy, hectic world. So this is one of, uh, we're going to look at the first chapter of Mark. So in the, if you, if you have your Bibles, the, the Old Testament, New Testament, in the New Testament, it starts Matthew and then Mark. Mark is the second book. Uh, there are four different books. Those first four books uh, tell the story of Jesus. Mark is the second one. This is Mark starting out, uh, chapter one, Bart starting in verse 21, uh, that one of the first days, uh, of Jesus' ministry, according to Mark. And, uh, so verses 21 through 28, uh, says this. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Suddenly, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet. Come out of that man, he ordered. And at that, the evil spirit screamed, threw the man into a convulsion, and then came out of him. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this, they asked excitedly. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. So it starts when the, when the Sabbath day came. So this is, uh, this was Saturday in Jewish, uh, tradition. The Sabbath or the holy day was, was, was Saturday when the Sabbath day came. Uh, uh the, this was the, uh, the, the, the day of rest, but Jesus didn't do a whole lot of resting here. For they, they, they went to church, synagogue, uh, and, uh, and, and they showed up and Jesus got up and he was, he was teaching that day. He was a Sunday school teacher. He was the, 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 the guy that was preaching. He got up and he's teaching and, and doing a great job of it from, from what it said. They're kind of blown away by how good of a, a job he was doing and, and what a great teacher that he was. And he's diving in and opening the scriptures and lights are coming on and, and people. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle of this amazing, wonderful lesson, crowd is in the palm of his hand and this guy gets up and interrupts. This was, it says, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit. This guy is part of the church. I, now, I don't know if this happened all the time, and they would just say, oh, that's just crazy Carl. He's got a demon. I just let him, you know, let him talk for a minute. But when it happened on this day, <laughs> as Jesus is, is, is speaking, uh, he interrupts Jesus. He's teaching. He's, he's preaching. He's, he's helping people understand the word of God. He's opening the scriptures to them in a new light. Uh, and, and so this guy gets up and he interrupts and, uh, this, this, uh, evil spirit speaks through this man. Jesus doesn't back down. Instead, he orders the demon to be silent and to come out of the man. And there's a shriek and he falls in the aisle and he's convulsing and it's just this, uh, supernatural man. I think I'm glad I came to church today. You know, one of those kind of things. If Jesus didn't have the people's attention by then, he did, he did after that, right? Uh, and now this story is kind of extreme and, and, and we might think, well, I can't relate to that at all, but I think, I think we can. We see Jesus dealing with, uh, not only his, his work and doing his, his work, uh, in, in this sense, he's doing his ministry, he's teaching, but yet then something urgent and unexpected comes up. 
And I'm sure that that's never happened in your life, that something urgent and unexpected has come up in the middle of you fulfilling your busy life. (laughs) You're in the middle of something important. You get a call or an email or a text or a demon-possessed guy that's speaking. I don't know what happens in your life, but but, uh, you just need to drop everything and deal with it, right? And if that ever happens in your world, um, we know from this story that Jesus can relate to that. He knows what that's like. So he's teaching at church, demon-possessed guy, cast it out of him, this unexpected thing. Jesus is having to deal with all of that. It's, all, it's been this eventful day already. Anyone would be shaken up by all of that and probably talking about it the rest of the day. But Jesus is just getting started. So instead of going out for lunch or uh, uh, sitting on the porch sipping lemonade the rest of the afternoon, uh, listen to what happens next, uh, the next couple of verses there, Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 29. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away, so he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. So Jesus uh, leaves the synagogue, goes with uh, a couple of these guys, and they head to Peter's house, and his mother-in-law is sick. Uh, Jesus uh, goes, he's probably wondering why she hadn't come to church that morning, but now he knows, and, and so he's, he, he goes in, and, and he, uh, he actually grabs her hand, helps her sit up, and, and she's healed. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. Some people have wondered if Peter denied knowing Jesus later on because he had healed his mother-in-law. Um, I don't think that that's true. Just, just get rid of that. That's not, uh, not there. But, but we see, uh, Jesus dealing with, with family issues here, right? Family responsibilities, uh, keep us all busy. We've talked about it already. Jesus can relate to that. Jesus is helping his friend Peter by showing compassion for his family. And our families are a huge part of our busy lives. They keep us busy just like they kept Jesus busy. So Jesus teaches at church. He casts out a demon. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. Uh, then he has supper. I mean, I think I would have given her a little bit of a break and said, I'll you know, we'll make sandwiches or something. You don't need to get up. You can, it's okay. But she got up. She fixes a meal. Uh, it sounds like it's time for a nap at this point. Uh, a busy, busy day of rest. But Jesus didn't stop there. Uh, beginning in verse 32 now, we'll continue on with the story. Mark 1, 32 through 34. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch, so Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons, but because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. So this says that evening, so still the same day, right? 24-hour period, we're about 12 or 14 hours into this whole thing, uh, and, and after sunset, the whole town comes out. So sunset kind of marked the end of the Sabbath, so these folks are able to, to uh, they're not resting anymore, and they're able to get out, and, and, and so they, they show up because they, they knew where Jesus had gone and so they they come to Jesus because of uh, all that he had done already earlier that day at the synagogue and so they're bringing people to him so he could help them news spread it says the whole town came out we know that Jesus was fully God but we also know that Jesus was fully man Uh, he was he was human the Bible talks at various times it talks about how Jesus uh, got tired and weary it wasn't just that he was this superman always always uh, pressing on he he got tired and and weary and and I think 
if if there was ever a time that that would have happened, it would have been right here. He's been serving, he's been teaching, he's been healing. Uh, it would have been draining. If you've ever felt drained from all your busyness, know that Jesus can relate to that as well. So we don't know how late he stayed up, but it looks like it it, uh, it, it had gotten pretty late. All this didn't happen till after sunset. The whole town comes. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe midnight. Maybe a little later. Jesus is busy with with everyone else's needs. Right? I'm sure you can't relate to that. Uh, have you ever felt like all you do is help other people and you don't ever have a minute to yourself? Never been there. I can't relate to that at all. Um, Jesus is busy with everyone else's stuff. He's also off to a great start here. This is one of the first days of ministry. He's, he's in public now. He's teaching. Uh, the, this was a new thing. Uh, people are, are seeing how, how gifted he is. Uh, they're seeing the power that's coming from him. He's already making a name for himself. He's the center of attention. Uh, people like him. Uh, they like what he's doing. Uh, they, they, they are recognizing all of these wonderful things. I mean, this is rock star status here. Uh, off to a great, amazing start. And, and so this was a time when Jesus is busy with the things that are bringing him immediate attention. By that I mean that a lot of times we move to the top of the list uh, the, the, the things that, uh, that, that bring us immediate attention or immediate gratification, immediate affirmation. Uh, the things where people uh, will, will, will get benefit from it right away. Um, you, okay, God, I could, I could uh, spend this time in, in prayer and study of of your word, but tomorrow I've got this presentation at work, and uh, if I really rock this, it could mean a lot of great things for me. Um, so I'm this. I'm sorry, Jesus. I've got to do because there's immediate affirmation and immediate uh, gratification that comes from this. And you know, I can always pray later. I can always and and so we we tend to put those things uh, that that don't bring immediate uh, affirmation. Uh, put those further down the list. We get busy with a lot of things that are kind of urgent, uh, a lot of things that, that, that might bring us immediate attention and affirmation. Um, Jesus knows where we're at with that too. So, so they're, they're heading to bed that night, probably pretty late. They didn't even start uh, until after sunset. The whole town came, all of this stuff. I mean, probably exhausted and yet just riding this, wow, that was awesome. The disciples are probably like cool by association, right? Uh, we're with him. He's the cool guy. And we're, yeah, Jesus, way to go. Then we, uh, we, we see, I, I, I guess in reflecting back, and again, 24-hour period, we're only about uh, 12, 14, 16, 18 hours into this thing. We're not quite done yet. But we see that Jesus has been busy. He's been busy with his work. He's been busy with urgent interruptions. He's been busy with family issues. He's been busy giving to others. He's been busy meeting needs. Uh, he, it's been a busy, draining day, and there's nothing bad about being busy uh, in and of itself. Jesus was busy, but notice through this story, just one example, just one day, notice through this story, he's not frantic and he's not stressed out and he's not hurried or frustrated or irritated. He's busy. And the next verse, I think, helps us, helps us know how, how Jesus was able to walk that balance. And it underscores how we can do the same. Mark one thirty five. before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up, went out to an isolated place to pray. 
before daybreak the next morning, still within that 24-hour period, went to bed midnight or later, probably got a few hours sleep, couple, three, four, maybe, while it was still dark, he went out to an isolated place. He, he got up and went to a place with no distractions and spent time with his father. Jesus, God's son, fully God, fully man, knew that he needed alone time with God if he was ever going to live out the mission that God wanted him to live out in this world. Uh, it, it takes discipline. He, 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 he had every right to sleep in the next day. He didn't do it. He knew where the strength would come from. It's a, it's a decision to seek after God even in the middle of the busyness of life. And if we can make that connection, it changes the busyness of life. It changes us in the middle of all those things that we're involved in. The, the story goes on, and I think it helps flesh that out. Uh, verses 36 and 37, later Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone's looking for you. Of course they did. I mean, they got up, they, they, they noticed, I'm sure it was after sunrise, they, they, they noticed Jesus is not there. Uh, he, he wasn't, you know, hanging out on the porch with his J mug like, uh, like he always did. Uh, but instead he, he, he wasn't there and so they went looking for him, right? And, and when they came to him, they said, everyone's looking. How did they know that everyone was looking for him? Most likely because they had gone into town where they figured he would be, already got a good start on the day because he's rock star status, right? And everybody loves him and everybody's appreciating him and they've got, they're off to a great start in ministry and, and this is good stuff. Um, they probably expected him to be already going at it. There's great potential there, but Jesus hadn't gone where Peter and the disciples expected him to go. It, it looks as though plans are changing. They're talking to Jesus. He's in an isolated place. They come and find him. Verse 38 says this, Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. You have to think, again, that, that all the disciples uh, thought that they would spend the next day, maybe even the next week, maybe the next several weeks, uh, there in Capernaum doing ministry. To, uh, they didn't get everybody in that, that uh, first night over a couple of hours, so, so uh, they, they figured that they would, uh, they would be doing it. But Jesus, uh, Jesus might have even alluded to that. Uh, but here now, the next morning, uh, Jesus says the plans have changed. Why is that? Because Jesus was the only one who had spent time in solitude with God. Going back to Capernaum was a good idea, but it wasn't God's idea. And there is a huge difference between a good idea and a God idea. There is a huge difference between a good idea and a God idea. And you won't know the difference if you're not listening to God. Spiritual disciplines help us hear the voice of God. In the middle of his crazy, busy schedule, Jesus made time for God first. And, and that's really the secret. Uh, he didn't hurry and rush and get stressed out and, and get all uh, wigged out about what was going on in life, but he wasn't a slacker either, right? He, he was busy, but he was busy doing the will of God for his life. And the only way he knew the will of God for his life was that he spent time, regular time, all the time, listening to God. He practiced spiritual disciplines. We can keep busy with a lot of things, even good things, but if we're not prioritizing time with God through these spiritual disciplines, 
uh, disciplines, prayer and study and, uh, of, the, of the Bible and, and all the rest of these things. If we're not doing those things, we could be busy doing the wrong things. So today I'm not preaching against busyness, but I just want us to evaluate what are we busy doing? Have we taken time first to hear from God and sense his direction and listen to his voice first? There's something, there's something about spiritual disciplines that when we, when we make them a priority, when we practice them consistently, they not only mature us, but they help us to tune in to God's voice and to sense his guidance. Life with God is so much less about doing good things to please him and so much more about listening to his direction and following his lead. Pastor Mark Batterson uh, recently released a book called Whisper. I think, I think when you say that, you have to say whisper. But anyway, he, uh, he tells a story at, uh, at, at the beginning of that book describing an obscure scientific reality, and it, it goes like this. Uh, more than half a century ago, Dr. Alfred Tomatis was confronted with the most curious case of his 50-year career. A renowned opera singer had mysteriously lost his ability to hit certain notes, even though those notes were well within his vocal range. He had been uh, to other ear, nose, and throat specialists, all of whom thought it was a vocal problem. Dr. Tomatis thought otherwise. Using a sonometer, Dr. Tomatis discovered that even an average opera singer produces 140 decibel sound waves at one meter's distance. That's slightly louder than a military jet taking off from an aircraft carrier. You knew there was a reason you didn't listen to opera. Um... The sound is even louder inside someone's skull. So that discovery led to this diagnosis. The opera singer had been deafened by the sound of his own voice. Selective muteness was caused by selective deafness. If you can't hear a note, you can't sing that note. And in Dr. Tomatis' words, the voice can only reproduce what the ear can hear. The French Academy of Medicine dubbed it the Tomatis effect. And I think perhaps many people have a, tomato, a spiritual Tomatis effect going on in their lives. We have, a, we have a hearing problem. We're deafened to the voice of God. We get busy with so many things and we don't stop and listen and so we don't hear. Batterson says it's that inability to hear God's voice that causes us to lose our voice and to lose our way. If you can't hear God, you can't imitate God, and you won't follow God. So I guess we need to evaluate today, is God's voice the loudest thing in my life? Or are the things of this life, the the, the busy, important, urgent, stressful, uh, deafening things of this life, are, are, are they deafening us to the voice of God? I've said this before and I'll say it till the day I die. God doesn't usually yell. Eh, Maybe once in a while. God usually doesn't yell. He usually whispers. (laughs) And if you're going to hear somebody whisper, you've got to get quiet and you've got to get close. And if you're not quiet and you're not close to God, you won't hear him speaking. And you'll be busy doing all these things good things, but maybe not God things. When you hear the voice of God, 
You start doing the God things, not just the good things. And that makes all the difference. Let's stand together and let's pray. Maybe even as we focus on God this morning in prayer, just within your heart, ask him to reveal maybe some of the things that, uh, that are deafening you to his voice. Maybe uh, uh, ask him to, to help you carve out that time to listen. And as you spend that time with him, continue to ask him to direct you to know how you can discipline yourself to not just be busy doing good things, but busy doing his things. Father, we need you. We have so many things on our plates, and it just seems like it's it's crazy sometimes. And and Lord, I, I'm sure there are there are several many people here in this room who who maybe have started to figure all this out, and and that's great. But we can always always do better, Lord. For for some of us, it's just so difficult. We've gotten so used to the busyness of life, and and Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to take that time that we'll we'll pause and we'll listen and we'll we'll carve out the time that we need to spend with you. Lord, I pray that, that, that you would direct our steps. Lord, you've promised that, 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 that we, if we acknowledge you with all of our hearts, if we seek after you uh, and not, on our own, not relying on our own understanding, that you will direct our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that you, I can't imagine the, the potential, even right here in this, in this room, as we, as we think about walking out from here into the lives that we live, if you direct every step and we're not just doing it on our own what what potential there is for change not only in our lives but in the lives of those around us lord help us to to catch a vision to catch uh, to, to to begin to grasp your vision for our lives walk through us guide us help us lord all we want is what you want and so we thank you for your spirit that goes with us now in jesus name we pray